from the carol app for mums this is the mum debrief podcast with your host holly zocheran mum of two and the founder of the carol app the free mobile app connecting and supporting mums throughout their motherhood journey through community and hand-picked expert-led content the mum debrief is a podcast where we talk all things motherhood from the good the bad and the tantrums Join us as we welcome expert guests to talk all things pregnancy to postpartum and beyond and discuss our own experiences to help make your motherhood journey a little bit easier. We are so happy to have you here. Let's get into it. This episode is brought to you by Beauty Pie the beauty brand aiming to provide consumers with high-end, hard-working products without the hefty price tag. Beauty Pie is an absolute go-to for affordable luxury skin products that work. Some of my favourite products include the Japan Fusion Cleanser and the Healthy Skin Moisturiser. Both are an absolute staple in my skincare routine and help to keep my skin looking youthful, glowy and hydrated. The Carol Up community has an exclusive discount of three months free membership where you get 70% off full price luxury skincare and beauty products. And trust me when I say their products are incredible. Go to www.beautypie.com forward slash BP forward slash promotions forward slash the dash carol dash app to get your exclusive discount today. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Mum Debrief. Today we're talking to Kirsten, the founder of Bumps and Beginnings. Kirsten is a hypnobirthing teacher, mum of two, and in this episode we talk all things hypnobirthing, from debunking the myths to how hypnobirthing could help you through pregnancy and birth. Enjoy! Hi Kirsten, welcome to the Mum Debrief. We're so happy to be here chatting with you. Before we get started, could you give us a little introduction into yourself and what you do? So my name's Kirsten. I'm a mum of two girls. I live over very near you. We are West London way and I am a teacher by trade, so secondary school teacher. So I've been teaching for 15 years and now I am a hypnobirthing specialist. I love everything hypnobirthing. It changed both my births and my aim really is to change the way women feel about birth, the way they think it's going to be and sort of like give them the opportunity to just have an amazing birth experience. And no matter how that that is, no matter how it unfolds as well, I think that's a really important thing to say. Um, And that's something I'm really passionate about is making sure that all births are feeling sort of powerful for the women and the choices and the decisions that they make are ones that they feel are, you know, ones that they want. So Yeah, absolutely love everything hypnobirthing. And I know you're a massive fan too. Yeah, absolutely. When I was pregnant with my first child, I found hypnobirthing and really integrated the practices and techniques throughout my pregnancy and birth. Um, And that's really why I was able to have two home births because the breathing techniques helped me so, so much and understanding the, the process of birth and how your body works throughout the process through hypnobirthing was... Yeah, incredible for me. So I know a lot of new mums who have heard about hypnobirthing but kind of don't really understand it and I know that there's a real misconception that it's being hypnotized. The name doesn't really do it justice I don't think. So can we get straight into debunking the myths and can you tell us what is hypnobirthing and tell us all about it? I love this question so much because I literally just feel like I can get rid of all the myths relatively quickly. So 
first of all, hypnobirthing is not me putting you to sleep. It's not me putting you under some kind of like weird magic spell. It's not that you're going to be, I don't know, like not know what's happening to your body, that you have to be a type of person to do hypnobirthing. So I think it gets a bad rep from the name because the word hypno, people just assume that that's sort of like, you know, being put to sleep. There's associations with like Paul McKenna and all of those kind of like associations with maybe like being a hippie or actually you have to be very spiritual to do hypnobirthing and that's all rubbish <laughs> so the hypno bit of hip- I sort of split it into two or three things so like I, I'll explain it into three so the hypno bit of it is the self-hypnosis so allowing ourselves to get into a really really calm state which is going to enable you in whatever kind of labor that you have for the labor to progress So we want to make sure that we can get ourselves into a really calm sort of space or moment. Then the other part of it, we've got the birthing part of it, which again, I sort of split into two. So I teach like antenatal education. I explain how birth unfolds and sort of how your mindset weaves into that birth and how powerful that mindset is. And then the thing at the end of it really is your birth plan and owning your choices and feeling really empowered with the decisions that you make. So whether that's you you decide, yes, I really do want an induction and induction is on the rise. And I imagine a lot of your listeners will be facing um, either, you know, being asked to be book an induction because they've gone to say 41 weeks and it's making those decisions and thinking about what is right for you and your baby. And so they're sort of like all intertwined together so it's so it does kind of frustrate me when people think that it's just about being hypnotized because that's one very small part of it is actually just getting ourselves into that really calm mindset um and yeah and I think a lot of it it you know the mindset thing is really really important because that weaves into the birth because if we're going into a birth like absolutely dreading it and fearing it um, the chances are things are going to be a little bit more difficult. And it's not our fault for that because the media and the way things have unfolded over our our life is that we've seen, you know, Rachel from Friends on her back screaming and pushing and, you know, waters gushing and being an emergency. And I'm not saying there won't be an emergency, there might be. But if you've done hypnobirthing, you're able to cope with those things. And that's what one of the things I talk with my clients about is like, we do a whole session on scenarios. So what's going to happen if this happens? What are you going to do? What are your choices going to be? And how can you stay calm so that you're still owning your your birth experience no matter how it unfolds? So yeah, I hope that kind of summarizes exactly what it is. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I think from the name, it sounds quite woo-woo and not very tangible. So I think having some context behind it definitely helps. Yeah. And, you know, it's like it should be like rephrased to be something else. And I, I I know that other hypnobirthing teachers out there have probably thought the same thing, because I think even my father-in-law said, I hopefully you won't listen to this, but <laughs> he even said to me like one point, oh, she's doing all that like spiritual woo-woo stuff. Like, and I was like, nah, it's really not about that. It's just like believing that you can actually get through birth and you're going to own it. And, you know, it's. Also, sometimes the rep is that we don't talk about pain and we only talk about positivity. And like, I will tell you how it is. You, you, you might feel pain in birth, but actually the hypnobirthing and the work that you do on your mindset is going to help you 
like achieve a calm birth and be able to deal with those sensations that you feel and it might not be as painful as you think it's going to be because you've worked on your mindset and you've got all of these different techniques which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit further on in the podcast which will help you get through like the times when labor is like tough because it is tough like it's like going into a marathon you know we have to prepare ourselves yeah we do and I think that links back to what you mentioned earlier about being informed And having that antenatal education around birth and understanding how it works from a physical point of view and how hypnobirthing can help from, you know, their techniques and that kind of aspect is really good insight as well. That leads us perfectly on to the techniques. So can you walk us through the different hypnobirthing techniques and how they can be used throughout the birth process? So one of the things that we talked about a little bit is using the brain acronym. So if you're, so for example, with me, I got to 40 weeks and they were concerned about the size of my bump, which is something that I'd experienced multiple times. And I won't go in and out of it because obviously you make your own choices and just decisions. But if you can remember the acronym brain, so (laughs) B-R-A-I-N. So what are the benefits? What are the risks? What are your instincts? What are the alternatives? And what if you do nothing? So when you're, you've got a medical professional in front of you, and I think the thought is if we've got somebody medical in front of us, like a dentist or a doctor, someone we think that knows better than us, we automatically go, yes, that's okay. That's fine. I'll accept the induction. But I knew that with scans and measurements and things like that, that there's a large proportion of those things that are completely inaccurate. So all of a sudden wanting to induce me when potentially my labor could start tomorrow and an induction could take possibly four days An induction is not an emergency. You know, I use my brain to ask what are the benefits? If I accept this induction right now, what are the benefits? What are the risks? And you sort of have to balance it both ways. What are the risks are in waiting? What are the risks are in, in accepting it? And what are your sort of like your gut instincts telling you at that moment? So, for example, with me, I was like, I can feel my jeans getting tight. Like I knew that like this baby was growing and moving and the blood flow placenta was good. And you had all of those other things. And I was thinking I was pretty sure that my body was starting to do some of those. Give me some of those signs that I knew that labor was on its way as well. And so for me, the gut instinct thing was really strong. And you know your gut instinct. Like we are women, we are powerful women. We've grown human for hopefully nearly nine months. So your gut instincts are going to be really strong. There is always going to be an alternative. So ask your medical professionals, what's the alternative? And for me, it was coming into the day assessment unit, being monitored, just double checking all of those movements, blood flow to placenta, all of those things were cool, which they were happy with. And sometimes... You know, for example, again, when I'm using the example of an induction, because the induction rates are really high at the moment, is what if we just do nothing? What if we think about actually just taking some time to make that decision, go home, talk to your birth partner and think about what's right for you. And if induction is right or, you know, accepting some medical intervention when you're in the middle of labor, um, it's, you know, about making sure that those decisions are right. So that's like the decision bit of it. Um, And then obviously the other side of it is obviously the relaxation work that I do with women is making sure that they are really, really calm and sort of like learning how to do that. And that's not necessarily like a really easy thing. It might be easier for some women than not. So um, I've got these like really lovely audios, which sort of like guide women through sort of like releasing some of the fear. And it might be fear that they don't really know that they have because 
in our brain, we've got sort of like our conscious thoughts and they're the things that we know that we're doing. So like me talking to you right now, I know that I'm doing that or making a cup of tea. And then we've got our unconscious or our subconscious thoughts, the thoughts that sit below the surface that we don't know that they're there. And a lot of that is going to be fear of birth. And you might not even know it's there. So we have to work really hard on sort of reframing our thoughts about birth and sort of like digging deep into that unconscious mindset so that's the sort of other part of it as well and that's where the self-hypnosis bit and the hypno bit comes in um and nothing nothing too hippie or crazy about that nothing like going to sleep just really working on that mindset and so does that look like positive affirmations breathing techniques visualizations all of those things I mean if I could give like a golden ticket to each woman I'd say breath work would be right up there at the top because if we're thinking about actually uh how our muscles work and our uterus is one big muscle um, if we don't want that to go tense we want that to be contracting and dilating in the most natural way possible so we want to make sure that we are breathing so we're getting that muscle working so imagine you're sort of like going in to run a marathon if you were going in with like cramping your leg that muscle's not going to work so one of the really good ways to do that is just to practice calm breathing so I've got a little tutorial on that on my website or on my Instagram if you follow me after this um but yeah or you can just google that but calm breathing is and I'm sure you've probably felt that in both of your births as well the breath is so so important for getting through every single one of those contractions we call them surges in hypnobirthing and the only reason why we do that is because we want to make sure that we're not having maybe a negative association. If you feel cool with calling it a contraction, call it a contraction. But a surge is almost like a wave. It rises, it gets to the top. And you probably know when I'm talking to you what this feels like. It gets to the top, feels intense, and then gradually it fades away again. And so if you can control and focus on your breath, you'll be down another surge. And then you're like, and this is where the affirmations come in as well. You're thinking, every single one of those surges that I've just had gets me closer to meeting my baby. And that massively helped me was visualizing, I'm going to meet my baby. This is, this bit's really tough. You know, when you're getting to that eight to 10 centimeters, you're getting to what we call transition is getting like a little bit like, I can't do it. You might say that I can't do it. But if you can keep control of your breath and those affirmations, and you've got somebody there with you saying that to you, um, you know, you might pick two or three that are really important. I, did you use affirmations or anything like that? Yeah, throughout both births, I kept saying to myself, I can do this, I can do this. And just constantly reinforcing that was definitely helpful. And I do think the breathing techniques really worked as a, a positive distraction from what was actually happening um, with the contractions and surges. So I don't know whether it was four counts in, four counts out. I can't remember which technique I was using but it really helped give me another point of focus other than the contractions so yeah I I completely agree with that and it's not something these are like not alien things and these are not things that necessarily is associated to hypnobirthing as well like people use breath work all of the time to help themselves feel calm and I I think like hypnobirthing for life (laughs) with me you're like you're taking some of these skills into life I found it really frustrating after having my second like when I was trying to do something like get the buggy out the car and they were both crying and I was like I was coming back to my breath work that I'd learned in hypnobirthing I was thinking this is not just 
hypnobirthing breath. This is like actually reduces your, your stress, brings you back to a calm state, and then you can make more rational decisions. If you're like, <laughs> it's, it's harder to make those decisions and it's harder for your body to do what it's supposed to do. And we all know that. And that sounds like I'm like, you know, teaching you something you probably already know, but that's, that's how it is. And that's how important that is. Um, yeah and I remember reading something I don't know the actual science behind this but I'm sure I read something that said that your jaw and your cervix are connected so if your jaw is relaxed your cervix is more likely to be relaxed and to dilate faster I definitely was thinking about that throughout the birth process and it really helped to reinforce the breathing techniques to help relax my jaw and I do credit that to having two well, my second birth in particular was very fast and smooth. And I think that that was because I was so conscious of the jaw being relaxed, the mouth being open and in turn helping my cervix dilate. 100%, you're like, you're right on the money there. So I I, I work with jaw and then shoulders as well. Um, just your, your relax, you know, relaxing that. Um, we don't want to, the, the two might just bring it back to a little bit of science as well. So you've got sort of two hormones that are going to work in labor and adrenaline is the one that's going to stop labor so that's when when we get tense um and we fear something we go into fight or flight mode and that goes into our arms and our legs okay and that's not helpful for labor at all so they might say something like your labor's not progressing or something like that mm-hmm. um, however if we're breathing and we're relaxed we've got more oxytocin which is that like love hormone where we're feeling safe and this is why a lot of women like you birth at home, because birthing at home is one of the safest places, believe it or not. And a lot of women probably fear it because they don't have the medical support, but you do. And you can probably talk about that and advocate for that, but you're undisturbed. So, and you're feeling safe. And that means that that hormone, that love hormone oxytocin is going to fly. So that's why women's labors at home tend to be quicker and tend to be safer and easier and things to tend to happen in that kind of organic way I think you know it's a shame because we sometimes think of birth as hospital you know and bodies are made to do this like and that's another affirmation that I sort of had with me was like I could hear other women I actually birthed in the birthing center um, at two different hospitals at Kingston and at West Mid so I had two sort of like slightly different experiences and you can sort of hear noises of women just sort of like going around and I was thinking wow these women are like all with me we're all giving birth at the same time which is an amazing feeling because you just know that you're you're not alone you know yeah definitely so how can partners help support their or birthing partners help support women throughout their hypnobirthing process throughout labor yeah I think there is even with it with a client I was working with recently he was just not I don't think he was too keen and I think she sort of really like dragged him over but (laughs) as soon as I start explaining the science behind it and then I teach in a really I've obviously been teaching for about 15 years so I and I've been teaching teenagers so (laughs) I teach a really practical way I don't teach like oh this is this is how this happens like look at the board you know or you have to make notes I give them loads of practical exercises for example I give them a bag and I put loads of objects in it and they have to decide whether they are useful or not in labor but soon coming back to the birth partner and perhaps the stereotype of a male not feeling maybe as comfortable with what labor is going to be like and what their role is 
as soon as they realize how important their role is and they realize the science behind it so they've sort of got an understanding that if this woman is fearing birth and she's going to go into fight or flight it's going to be more difficult and they want they want they want their baby to be safe and they want to be able to support the mum so the whole last session that I run what one-on-one with with birth partners and mums to be is just focused on the birth partner and what they're going to do and I give them an opportunity to sit together and say for that mum to say I want you to do this I want you to do this I want you to ask people to leave the room if I'm not progressing I want you to make sure that you've given me water with a straw these are my affirmations these are really important to me I want you to make sure you've got that the birth playlist and it might be that feel like they've got a lot of jobs but then all of a sudden then that woman is allowed to focus on her labor because she's done that bit. We've had that conversation. He or she or or sister or whoever that is, that birth partner knows what that role is and what they're supposed to do. And then suddenly the woman feels more relaxed. So it kind of like, like does a lot. And also I just noticed how much closer together, you know, birth partner and mum to be suddenly are as well because we're allowing you to have that conversation and she goes you know what I'm really scared about tearing or I'm really worried about um uh, medical intervention or I'm really worried about like the pushing bit or how I'm going to do that and and they have the opportunity to listen to those fears and that might be slightly different to maybe a straightforward like antenatal class where they're just saying like this is what an epidural does and this is what this does it sort of allows that conversation to happen which again is just like a lovely thing and that's why I love doing it so much is to seeing that relationship happen totally and especially with my first child the hypnobirthing courses that we did really gave my other half something to kind of focus on throughout the labor because I think often well, I don't know what he would have done, to be honest, um, had we not done the courses, because he was kind of like, well, he was helping with the, getting the midwife's food, getting the midwife's water, snacks, biscuits, making sure the playlist was still running, making sure we, I had a birth pool, so making sure that that was the right temperature, etc. And it just gave him, really gave him purpose while I was in labour. And it's funny because the amount of, since I've qualified as a hypnobirthing specialist, the amount of like dads of my friends or birth partners have come up to me and gone, please, can you do something to help us, please? And I said, yeah, that's that's part of it, you know? Even this old guy from the gym, and he was, I didn't know, I, you know, his wife gave birth years ago, and he was like, I had no idea what to do. I had no idea what to do. I was like a lemon in the corner. I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> you want them to be left on the shelf. You want them to be involved in it, because that's going to give you a sense of control. And then that's going to remove another fear. And from removing another fear, that's going to allow labour to progress in the way that it should, you know? So... Yeah, I'm like, I'm all about birth partners doing it and being fully involved. It's definitely high on the agenda. (laughs) So when would you suggest women start hypnobirthing? Early pregnancy, mid-pregnancy, near labour, what would you suggest? I think it's really hard to sort of know. I think the more knowledge that you have, the more powerful you're going to feel because you're educated. So I think once you're getting over halfway, I would start your reading and then you're practicing your hypnobirthing sort of around like 28 to 30 weeks is when you want to get your course in. And then that leaves you a long chunk of time to put the practice in um, and also prepare if baby decides to come early. We know that due dates are, you know, a big sort of <laughs> a due window of time is a better way to think about it. Try not to, to, to hold too much onto that due date. Baby can arrive earlier and, you know, way past you know 40 weeks so 
Um, there's no set time on it. I just would encourage women to start reading as much as possible. You know, um, as Millie Hill has got a positive birth book, which is great. And then book in your hypnobirthing course, get that booked in and, and then start, you know, gradually building your knowledge. And the more knowledge you have, just like you did, you researched everything for your home births that made you probably feel more powerful and safe in the decision that you made. Yeah, definitely. Um, knowledge is power for sure. So can you tell our listeners about your offerings, what you offer in terms of hypnobirthing support? Yeah, so actually I offer sort of a range of courses. So some women that have listened to this might have done hypnobirthing before, so they might want to do a refresher. So around a four-hour refresher split into two sessions. Or you might be late on in your pregnancy and be like, God, I really need some hypnobirthing, in which case I do an intensive course. Then I do a one-on-one private group I like to meet I am West London Twickenham Richmond way and I also sort of like have a place to teach over in Berkshire as well so I'm sort of spread across like West London Berkshire area is kind of where I am if you want to come and meet me face to face um and yeah I also do it online as well so if you're in somewhere else in the country and you're listening and you fancy working with me um the other thing that I do actually one of my very first clients was for a cesarean birth and I should say this this is for all births it's not I know we've talked a bit about home births and water births um and again I think that's a common misconception so she had had an emergency cesarean the first time was giving birth the second time and she decided to elect for cesarean birth which a lot of women feel actually better about the second time but she still had so much fear that we had to sort of yeah. really untangle and like unfold all of that stuff that had happened the first time and that's the one thing that, is that I really love is working with women that have perhaps had a birth that didn't go the way that they wanted to the first time and they want a different experience for the second time and they really they're like, okay, that did not work out well. I didn't own my choices. I said yes to X, Y, and Z, and I maybe could have thought about it, or I didn't breathe as well. Or, you know, you, you want to change. We're always learning, aren't we? And we always want to sort of like do things a little bit better. So helping women perhaps the second time as well. And yeah, you can find me on online and it's bumps and beginnings. So at bumps and beginnings or bumpsandbeginnings.com, or just drop me a message if you fancy a chat um, about anything hypnobirthing. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Kirsten. It's been so good to chat with you about all things hypnobirthing. Make sure to follow Kirsten on Instagram and we'll be back next week. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating and a review. It really helps us to reach other mums just like you.